Now I'm out at Brooklyn, now I'm down in Tribeca Right next to the Narrow, but I'll be hood forever I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here I can make it anywhere, yeah they love me everywhere I used to cop in Harlem, all of my Dominicanos Right there up on Broadway, pulled me back to that McDonald's Took it to my stash Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the 526 Podcast I'm your host Jay Hollihan Back here on this Sunday evening recapping the Charleston Classic for St. John's. They were able to take two out of three. And first, before we get into it, I'd like to apologize for my lack of coverage. Um, I promise you I was watching each game. I had plans to record uh, for each game, but I got sick and unfortunately was unable to put together a solid uh, audio for... um, for an episode that would have been, uh, you know, that I wouldn't have been coughing every uh, every other minute. So due to that, this is a little delayed. But I thought, why not just recap it as a whole, see what happens, see what we can come on and talk about. So St. John's goes down to Charleston, South Carolina. And they take two out of three. They defeat North Texas um, on Thursday. Friday was a brutal loss to Dayton. And then tonight, they go ahead and defeat Utah 91-82. to So let's start off um, with the North Texas game the other day. So... Naturally, I think at first when you look at this, um, you think that, my goodness, this must have been just a back-and-forth affair the whole way. And while you might be correct in assuming that, um, if you're just looking at the one-point win, you'd actually be you'd be wrong. I mean, St. John's held a lot of the momentum throughout this game. North Texas uh, really at times struggled, but suddenly in that second half, they came alive. Um, They would at one point late lead 52-51, to um, and then St. John's with 11 seconds left. Joel Soriano with two huge free throws at the line. To put the Red Storm up 53-52. to And then North Texas uh, would have a miscue. Um, you know, towards the end of the game. As uh, as Johnny Bugs tried a uh, try to heave. Unfortunate for him. It was uh, after the whistle. After the buzzer had already sounded. So it did not count. It wouldn't have gone in anyways. But. It definitely, you know, the game felt like St. John's was trying to lose it. I'll put it that that way. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And, you know, you wanted to pull your hair out because this team would go on these brilliant runs. And, you know, they were hitting threes early on. Simeon Wiltshire came in and looked really good. And then all of a sudden, North Texas comes back. There was a scoring drought of about six minutes. I mean, you could have gotten up, made a sandwich, came back, and the score would have been the same. 
it was really ugly, ugly basketball there for a little bit. But then St. John's takes a big uh, 13-point lead, and they lead by as much as, I think, 14 through the entire game. Late in the first half, they head in a halftime with a 30-20 to 20 lead, and you start to think, okay, you know, they got this. I mean, North Texas can't make a bucket, and St. John's, you know, is shooting well from the outside. They're, you know, defending well, the best we had seen all season, and I think, obviously, uh, that was a big, you know, um, talking point after the game was just how well they looked defensively. Now, of course, North Texas, their offense is nothing to write home about. I mean, they um, they did not. John Bugs, who I talked about earlier, he had a, a pretty solid second half, um, and so did uh, Reuben Jones as well for North Texas, and they were able to, you know, kind of, get some balance there throughout their offense. Aaron Scott was the leading scorer with just 13. So it, it, this this team um, definitely came around in the second half, but that doesn't take away from the fact that St. John's defended really, really well. Um, but the offense then just cooled off. We'll get into it later, but St. John's coming out of the, out of the break at the half just seemed like a different team offensively. I mean, they were shot chucking. They weren't able to get anything to go offensively. Um, all of a sudden, this team is just kind of a shell of itself from where they were in the first half. Uh, Soriano was able to really get going. He had finished with nine. He kind of took over at a certain point, which was huge. He he had a huge three knockdown as well, um, which was big, but... You know, Dennis Jenkins had like four turnovers in the second half, um, which was brutal. More on him uh, towards the end. But that was brutal, and that was something that they desperately needed, you know, to clean up. And they would clean it up, and we'll obviously get into that um, a little bit later. But, yeah, so that was game one. You were lucky to survive, but you did. A win was a win. And then we got to watch the Dayton Flyers play the LSU Tigers, and, you know, I, for one, knew that if we went up against Dayton, they would potentially be a problem because Dayton, Dayton picked to win the A-10, solid team, I mean, all around, and we, of course, got to see that. We'll talk about that in a minute, but solid team all around, uh, and I watched them come back down 15. A lot of the time... You know, when they were making that comeback, it was via the long ball and by uh, their power forward, Nate Santos. So I knew he was someone we were going to have to stop. And St. John's did do that, but then their big would come alive in Deron Holmes the second. And all of a sudden, this just became a total, total, uh, you know, back and forth and back and forth for a little bit. And then Dayton pulled away. St. John's struggled defending again. Um, you know, you never want to really, I'm, I'm not going to blame the refs, but yes, Dayton did get some friendly calls after a tech, you know, was actually issued in the first half. Um, it was funny on the broadcast because I think Nick Perry was talking about how e, even Keel head coach Anthony Grant of the Flyers is, and then he goes out and gets a technical foul. Um, but that either a just lit a spark. I, I, almost 100% positive it lit a spark under Dayton, but two, I think it lit a spark underneath the refs 
because all of a sudden Dayton's getting the calls in the second half. But, you know, like I said, I'm not going to blame anything on the refs. St. John's, you know, they were in this game. They had Dayton there at one point. It felt like in the first half, and Dayton just kind of, you know, hung in there with them. I shouldn't say they had them, but it felt like, okay, you know, we're able to to get more things going um, at a consistent pace than Dayton. We're able to knock down shots. Um they were up four with 24 seconds left, and then Isaac Jack came right through on a buzzer beater layup to make it a two-point uh, St. John's lead. And then going into the break, you know, you're kind of thinking, okay, you know, we got a lead. Let's see us make some adjustments, come back out, and hopefully we'll be strong. I think this was actually the best we have seen them coming off um, of the halftime. You know, which was which is odd that the game ended up going the way it did, but you know that type of stuff um, happens, and I think we got complacent, and I think that's what was our doing. We got complacent, and we just didn't focus. I mean, all of a sudden, missed possessions, poor possessions. You know, uh, not able to do enough defensively, not being able to defend them. Having uh, a lead there with 11 minutes left, up by one, and this game kind of feels like it's right in your hands and right there for the taking, and then just a complete defensive breakdown by St. John's. I mean, Dayton, by far, is the best opponent. Um, I sh- Let me put it this way. Would have been, if they had held on to that win, would have been the best opponent St. John's will have beaten um, this far, you know, uh, regardless of Michigan. I personally think Dayton is better than Michigan. Um, I know that may sound crazy, but, um, you know, I, I'm really high on the Flyers this year. I, of course, you know, could be wrong, but I believe that Dayton um, is going to be a tournament team, whether they're an automatic bid, I think they could be out of the A-10 or they could just, you know, straight up go out and win that conference. But point is, I do think that St. John's really let a big opportunity slip there. The What, what was very, though, um, I think, positive to see out of this one was how well the offense did. How well I thought... You know, Dennis Jenkins improved. 12 points, 8 assists, just 3 turnovers. Joel Soriano had 21, uh, 9 boards. Um, But unfortunately, he got into foul trouble towards the end. And what was interesting was Nate Santos, the big scorer for Dayton in that LSU game, he got into some bad foul trouble in the first half and you didn't see him. It affected what they were doing. But once he got back going, it was a different story. And I think that St. John's just completely lost it there where that's concerned because they were attacking. They got Dayton in foul trouble, and then they pulled back and decided to shot chuck. Um, and as much as I just praised Jenkins, he was 2 of 8 from beyond. He was shot chucking yet again, um, and that was a problem. But, you know, I saw Zach Braziller tweet with about 11 minutes left that they were running out of steam, and boy, was he right because that did happen. 
So I felt like, you know, you had a break um, today, or yesterday rather, before today's game, and you were able to kind of go back, reassess things, and then, you know, come out today with a, with a better strategy against Utah, and I think we saw St. John's really get that done. They were huge on every aspect. I mean, this is the most complete game we've seen out of St. John's this year against a quality opponent. You know, this is the best game they have played um, against a quality opponent. I'll say it again because Utah, Utah is pretty good. I mean, they're a, they should be, I know they said they were picked preseason to be about seventh in the Pac-12. Um, I think they could be a little bit higher than that. I mean, I think they could finish not top three in that conference, but I think they could be you know, like a finish fourth or fifth um, because I do think that they have a lot of good things working for them. And for St. John's to be able to go out and attack the way they did and to come back after yesterday was huge, or uh, Friday, rather, against Dayton. The biggest aspect, in my opinion, was Joel Soriano defensively in the paint. I mean, that dude was a rock. Like, I, I tweeted that out. They would go down the floor. You saw Utah try to go right down the middle. He'd just stand there straight up. They couldn't make it make a bucket. I mean, you know, it was it seemed as simple as that a lot of the time. I mean, his presence in the paint was unbelievable defensively. You know, last year he was big rebounding. Now all of a sudden his defense has risen to another level. Um at least we saw in this game, and hopefully we can see that further on because I it w- it's really impressive to see what he can do. That mid-range jumper he's got when he pulls that off, that's really pretty. You know, his hook shot, the way he's able to draw fouls in the paint is huge. And then looking in the backcourt now, that suddenly opened things up for Jordan Dingle and Dennis Jenkins. I mean, Dingle, 18. 7 of 13 from the field and 4 of 8 from beyond and had a sports center top 10 potential uh dunk tonight where he went through three or four defenders and just, you know, flew to the basket with the two-hand jam. I mean, Jordan Dingle, that's the best we've seen out of him. My only complaint is he had six turnovers, but I mean, I didn't even notice he had that many turnovers. Because I think one of them was the over and back at the end of the game when it was pulled out of reach. That kid did an amazing job uh, tonight, which was huge. Huge job um, by Dinkle. Can't stress it enough. So St. John's, I mean, I really do think, though, the backcourt is not, and it, you know, obviously this early on won't be. But I still think there are things they need to work out, things they need to bang out there. But from an overall shooting perspective, the two, Jenkins and Dingle, I mean, Jenkins sometimes, he he hits those threes from deep. And I mean, I think today he was a little more reeled in. He was only, he only took two shots from beyond. He had eight assists. He was definitely more of a facilitator today, which I thought was was big time. He also had three steals on the defensive end. Um, he was awesome. So really want to see that more out of Dennis Jenkins and Jordan Dingle. 
my goodness, I, I can see why he was the leading scorer last year at Penn and why he was so highly touted in the transfer portal. Chris Ledlam, I thought he had, he almost had a double double. He was a rebound away from it. Um, 15 and 9. He knocked down some big threes. He was 4 for 7 from beyond. 4 for 7. I mean, I didn't think he was ever going to hit four threes in a two-game span. He had four today. I mean, he, you know, he's done a great job. Um, well, I do think there's still some work to be done with his on-ball driving to the basket. What he did and what he offered you um, today was huge. It was big, and that's against you know a Utah team where if you were watching the broadcast, they were talking about how you know Utah's strength is their height. And I thought Ledlam and Soriano, and you know, we knew Soriano would be big on the boards, but definitely Ledlam to come in there and 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 help him out was was huge as well. Naheem Aline coming off the bench, he was your man tonight. Ten points, um, an excellent, excellent job by him. Four for six from the field, two of four from beyond. He had a big three in this game. I, it was in the second half, and I believe St. John's was up 63-60 at the time. And Aline with it on the far shoulder. Looked like he lost his dribble for a second, um, or lost the ball, I should say, for a second. Picked it back up. Step back three was huge. I mean, <laughs> we've been shouting for him to get more minutes. And I hope he he sees that right now because man, that was big time by him. Uh, what a what a shot! I, and I really think that if he becomes maybe your first option off the bench and he offers you this each night, that's going to be really tough for defending opponents to guard because you not only have to worry about Dingle from beyond. Jenkins, potentially Ledlam, but then Aline consistently, that's going to be really tough for defenses to uh, defend. So huge job by him in this one. Um, And, you know, just all around. I mean, I feel like for this team, it could have been very easily, very easy for them when Utah came back because at times they started coming back, and that's where I still think you know, we're, we're obviously a work in progress. But to see them fight back, to see them, you know, gr- the grit, the grind to just say, you know what, I'm not letting this happen two games in a row. I'm going to stick my, you know, my foot on their throat and I'm coming right back. That's what St. John's did. They did a huge job doing that. Um, coming out at halftime, I don't know what it is. But St. John's, I mean, it's like, you know, they just forget and and they just don't build off of everything that they were doing in the first half because they come out in the second half like a completely different team. I mean, they're just not doing the little things correctly. They're not running sets. They were shot chucking again, trying to go one-on-one like Patino was saying that he's screaming for them not to do. They go one-on-one and it bit them. I think this team is starting to recognize a little bit here now. We need to start coming together. I thought we saw that today. 
Um, now, there are going to be times where they will try that. I mean, someone's going to feel like they've got the hot hand and they want to have their moment, which at times is great if it's there, but don't force it. I think at times St. John's gets into that trouble, and every team does. I mean, I think they just kind of get a little too spacious. Um, and St. John suddenly found themselves in another trap, but they were able to work out of it, which I thought was huge. Um you know, Utah able to cut it down there in the first half. St. John's, or in the second half, excuse me, in the beginning, St. John's then goes up by 11, and then Utah squeaks their way back in to get to six. And then it was pretty much all St. John's from that point on because they were just able to to get it to the hot hand and, hot hand and dingle, um, be able to penetrate, use time off the clock, do a lot of really good things to get their offense going, get steals. Defensively, this was a great game by I mean, this is what you want to see out of them defensively. This is what we want to see them moving forward. Now, sure, they did give up 81 points, but a lot of that was when the game was out of reach. Um, and like I said, still things to clean up, but you have to be very, very pleased with what you saw out of St. John's um, tonight. And I still think, you know, for sure, um, the offense is a work in, I mean, it's a work in progress, still early, mid-November. But the improvement that you're seeing out of these guys right now, just from game to game, is big. Because each game, you know, you're seeing something different. You know, you're seeing one part of this St. John's team against quality opponents come together. Like I said, North Texas, are they going to be a tournament team? I don't think so. But were they a tough team to go up against? For sure. Um, You know, for Dayton, definitely. You saw improvement there offensively. And then today against Utah, I thought you saw improvement in both of those departments offensively and defensively. So here's to hoping that St. John's can carry that into Holy Cross, um, which, you know, Holy Cross just, uh, I think they knocked down Georgetown uh, a few nights ago. So, you know, you know they're going to come out ready to go. They're not uh, they're not going to be overwhelmed by any means. So St. John's has to come out and continue to improve off of all the good things they did uh, tonight against Utah. The next game is going to be this upcoming Saturday uh, at Carnesecca Arena, 7 o'clock on FS2 if you're watching like myself. Um, hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the food, the football, family and friends, the three Fs. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And as always, I'll talk to you next time. New York, if I can.